Hi, everybody. This is Matt Ryan, a realtor here in Baltimore, Maryland. And I have a special guest with me. He's a past client, and I was speaking to him recently, and I invited him here to the podcast because I say, if anyone listened to half the conversations we've had before, <laughs> I why not? He's like the perfect guest to have on a podcast because this is a treat for anybody that is going to be listening to this. And I have uh, somebody with me. How long have I known you, first of all? Uh, let me see. I was at one house for seven years. And I was at this house for one year, eight years and some odd months. I'm good. Wow. Eight years. We don't look a day older, do we? No, and it seems like I've known you for a thousand years. That's wild. Yeah. Well, needless to say, Jesus and his brother was a carpenter, so yeah. it's all about building. <laughs> so you're getting a little taste, everybody. So who I have with me, like I said, he's a past client. I've helped him several times. His name is James Carter, and he's a, a recording artist. He's one of the most interesting humans I've ever met and uh, somebody that I just love. And so um, I'm telling you, it's just a, just a really fabulous background and the story that you've shared with me over the years, just getting to know you, you've had an amazing musical journey and it's just, it like pours through you. Like when, after you listen to this episode, you'd probably agree with me. Um, You know, so you've been, I'll just give the highlights of the career. So of course, Teddy Pendergrass, um, how long were you with, with that band? I was with Teddy Pendergrass from the beginning to the end. When he started to become, well, actually, I was with Harold Melman and the Blue Notes for about uh, seven or eight months, and then the group disbanded, and uh, Teddy went on his own, and he wanted to keep, I heard he was going to fire everybody, first of all, and then I said, you can't fire me. I'm not going back to Baltimore. Yeah. And, he, and when we got to the meeting, he said, I'm going to keep everyone. I'm going to keep Everyone, everyone, everyone will have to leave, but the drummer and the piano player. And I was a drummer and he kept me. Wow. So he became one of my favorite people. And so you, so you just hinted at it. So you're from Baltimore. From Baltimore, right. right, So you're born and raised in Baltimore, West Baltimore, right? Well, I'm born and raised in West Baltimore. (laughs) Funny thing, (laughs) when I started driving around 16, uh, 17, I really started exploring the town. We would ride up Charles Street. That's where uh, masterminding and the law of attraction first started for me. We would ride up Charles Street and look at the big houses, like this studio that I'm in right now, which is amazing. We would ride up Charles Street and and dream about the stars' houses. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on Charles Street now, and this is just amazing. I'm still in awe. I'm surprised that I'm even answering any question because I'm still in awe of the home. Seem like you sold. You know, yeah. the, the owner of this home, this is just a beautiful place. Well, and you, you would know. So, I mean, with your background, I mean, you've, you've been involved in gold and platinum records yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, you've been Grammy nominated. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. Like I remember when I first walked in the very first home, you had it right there on the yeah, wall, the like for the, the gold records. and platinum records. Yeah. I was, I was like, who am I dealing with? Well, yeah, it was a beautiful experience, you know, uh, my God, I tell you. And and when you're pitching songs, when you're pitching songs to artists, you have to know that they listen to hundreds of songs. So when I was trying to get Teddy to do a song for me, he had so many tapes on the on the desk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking how how is mine going to be heard in the midst of all of that? And one day he listened to mine, and the song became a hit. It was called "I Want a Love for Two. 
on the, uh, was it, I think it was the Working It Back album. Well, what happened when he was paralyzed in the car accident, the first song that he came out on singing in the wheelchair was my song. So my song was a part of rehabilitation, man. I want to love for two. It was real strong. And if you're not familiar with Teddy, I recommend you do a Google search. I mean, Teddy Pendergrass, very strong, uh, very interesting singer. Uh, a lot of people sing in different registers now. I don't know if they sing as hard as he sung back oh, yeah. then. But we was in a documentary called uh, uh, If You Don't Know Me. And that was real powerful. That tells the whole story of Teddy Pendergrass. And even I'm in a documentary. Hey. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Subtle brag. <laughs> yeah, a little brag about it. You know, a little something there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I mean, I want to start first before you can get to the musical career, just growing up in Baltimore. So I don't, I don't talk to enough people that are from here. A lot of people move in, right? But mm -hmm. just having grown up and, and, and just having lived through that. In fact, I ended up buying a home. Mm you know, that you introduced me to down in West Baltimore and mm -hmm. rehabbed it and, mm -hmm. and all that. So, um, I'm a little bit familiar with where you're from, but just tell me the, what it was like to grow up in Baltimore and West Baltimore specifically. Cause it was, it was grass, it was grass and trees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was grass and trees and fence on your property and your lawn. It was beautiful. You know, I mean, I actually watched the beauty of Baltimore and then I've seen the destruction of Baltimore. I mean, we could actually play in the street, you know, and uh, I had my drum set in the basement and people would come to the window and hear me. I was always performing. So they would come in here, you know, drummer boy down there and I'm playing drum. And it was a real neighborhood. I mean, it really yeah. felt good in Baltimore City. In what time frame was that? Uh, this was 70 exactly. In the 70s, like 73, 74, 75, because right from my mother's house is where I left to go out with the band. Mm. So they heard me in the basement practicing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Drummer Boy is going with a big band. Okay. <laughs> They've never let me live that down to this day. It's like the star of the neighborhood. Yeah. But, you know, not, I mean... It's just so hard to say that because you always measuring how many great big stars are out there. But I had a real beautiful run, man. And trust me, man, you got great people with good minds living right here in Baltimore. I mean, this studio that I'm in now is just as great as some of the places that I've been in California and Las Vegas. This this is a beautiful studio. So it's like I'm still surrounded by stars. Yeah. <laughs> You're a star, man. Come oh, on. Please. You done sold so many homes <laughs> for us, man. You know, and they liked you. They yeah. actually liked you. The, the, uh, what was the lady named down on uh, St. Paul? Uh she and her husband bought a home and oh my god that's a beautiful place man yeah yeah well there's stars here so i i ended up buying and i live in john waters old home and oh wow and so that's where i live in lutherville i know you're doing a gig tomorrow next door to me right yeah and so College you know Manor. his his childhood bedroom wow. is my one-year-old daughter june's bedroom <laughs> oh. And so I heard him on some interview once, I don't, I forgot one of the late night shows and he was describing that, you know, he thought up a lot of weird shit in that room. Wow. And I'm like, oh God, my baby girl, oh, you know, uh, but you know, we're surrounded by talent and mm -hmm. you know, it's just like when I hear and I was, you know, look, you know, just looking into your bio and I've researched you before when I first met you, but mm -hmm. it's like, 
it's so true. Like some people have bios that don't make any sense when you mm-hmm. meet them. Yours, like yours just describes like you emanate like soul. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just like you're one of the most upbeat humans I've ever dealt with. Yeah. And you've had challenges in your life and your childhood and everything else. Everyone yeah. does. But yes. you were just a ray of sunshine yeah, yeah. when you call and you call yeah. to just check in. Yeah. You know, you know, we pass clients just call and say, Matt, I'm thinking of you today. Yo, yeah, man. It's like, you know, life is real. And I, I've, I've been blessed to really appreciate life. Some people are still trying to find out what they want to be when they grow up. Mm-hmm. I was blessed to be able to appreciate every moment. I had friends that would say, why are you so up? Why are you so happy? You know, I went to a funeral when I was a kid. And they said that that little girl was dead. I remember that. And I'm like, I don't never want to be that. (laughs) That doesn't sound good. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. And I I really think from then on, I had just, you know, look, I'm 36 years clean, man, leaving wine and drinking and smoking and everything alone. So I had a great run of destruction. And when I said, this is not working for me. You know, I got so high, E.T. told me to go home. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not working. Did you feel, did you, you did that when you were, you know, full-time yeah. gigging, right? Yeah, so did yeah. that, was that necessary you felt at the time to, to be able to well, do that? the party was so enticing. Yeah. The party was so enticing. I could have went without it. But when you have, you know, <laughs> certain beauties come up to you and say, let's go in the other room and uh, let's talk. And yeah. then they break out something. You be like, okay. And then I didn't know I was allergic. I didn't know I was allergic to, to it, oh, yeah. to all kind of drugs. I didn't know it. You just, there's not a specific drug just in general. Well, uh, cocaine uh-huh. was, uh, I was allergic and I was really allergic to alcohol. I didn't know it. It's like, okay. oh, you know, I parked my car and don't know where I parked it. The, oh, car, yeah. the car got banged and I don't remember who banged it. <laughs> so I said, something is, we're going to have to work on this. And uh, and something happened and I worked on it. It's been 36 years. And you're not 36, are you? you don't seem oh, to be. no, I am. I'm uh, older than that, don't unfortunately. Se- don't seem like you are, but. You know, hey, here we are. Well, one of us looks better for our age than the other one, and it's not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. So I, you know, I work out, man. I do what I do, and uh, coming from a deep challenge now. You know what I mean? One day I'm just driving downtown and go to the restroom, come out the restroom, and I'm losing my balance. And this was just a what a couple months October ago, October the seventh. Yeah, I was losing losing my balance. I'm like, what's up? And uh, I had a nice ex- have a nice expensive phone and I dropped it. I'm like, why did I drop my phone? So then my hands start tingling. I'm like, I'm calling nine one one. So I called nine one one, and they said, uh, stroke like symptoms. I'm saying stroke like symptoms. Who are you talking to? My bicycle was still in the van. Yeah, I'm a I'm a gymnast. I'm in the gym. I ride my bike. I exercise. I mean, come on. Anyway. When I got to the hospital, the lady was like, uh, I'll be your nurse. I went to Mercy Hospital and she said, I'll be your nurse. My name is Faith. I hmm. said, Faith? She said, I got to see. I said, I got to see your name tag. So she showed me a name tag. Then I went to, after two, three days, I went to University of uh, of Kern Ann for a short. That's a 
It's a short name. It's a long name, but it was an ochre name. And the lady said, I'll be your nurse. My name is Peace. I had to see her name tag. <laughs> African woman was like, Peace Mamuva or something. Yeah. What? And she said, and Joy would be your tech. So I was like, peace, joy, mercy, and faith. I must be in the right place, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I was released November the 12th. And since then, I've been in the gym. I've been recording. I've been on a treadmill. Yeah, <laughs> just came from, just just, came from yeah, working out. Yeah, just, yeah. I, I just come from therapy today, and I love it. It's yeah. just an yeah, upbeat. Let's stick to the point. Upbeat, right. upbeat. I'm going to keep up as long as I got the strength in me. Even when I was buying a house, right? Yeah. When I was first buying a house, they told me, oh, you owe $27,000 to the government. I'm like, really? $27,000? Okay. No problem. Somebody told me something crazy, and you're good, but I don't know. If, you know, I'm going to challenge this. The lady said, we won't be able to give you the home because you owe so much. I said, okay. She said, we're going, if you can pay three, if you can pay three payments of a hundred dollars to downtown at the federal building, because that's what the bill was, we will put the loan in front of the lien. Hmm. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of that? I've never heard of that. <laughs> she said, we will put the loan in front of the lien. Now, I don't know what that meant, but I'll go down and I could call his name, but I'm not going to call his name. Well, he didn't do anything illegal. He said, uh, your name? So I told him my name. He said, uh, you said James. I said, yeah, your middle name. Matt. I said, yeah, that's my middle name. He said, I don't know if you believe in God or not. I thought he was going to say garnish. <laughs> but he said, I don't know if you believe in God or not, but it's gone. So I asked him, did he have a restroom? And he went in and he said, over there, and I goes to the restroom and start to dance. <laughs> I had to dance. And when I came back, I said, is it still gone? He said, yeah, I am typing your letters of satisfaction. Wow. And that's what made me able to talk to you. Yeah. Because uh, the credit score had went to a better place and sure. uh, we was able to get the first house together. That's incredible. Yeah. Upbeat, 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 upbeat. Well, and I still, I like to tell people <laughs> the first thing that I remember you for. And so I advertise on Zillow, like a lot of people. Uh -huh. I met you on that. Do you remember that? I, I met you on Zillow. You clicked that link to find an agent. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and right. And you spoke to me. I was, right. you know, young buck trying to make it. <laughs> still. And, still and I'm sitting there talking to you. And you said, I'm going to meet you at Starbucks. Right. And that's odd. That doesn't ever happen. Most people want to meet you at the house, open the door, you know, and that's all they care about. You know, I'm second. I have mm -hmm. to, they have to care mm -hmm. about me later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, first it's the home, but not you. You immediately went and you're still the very first client to buy me a coffee. <laughs> when you haven't even met me yet. I've ne I, you know how many lunches and coffees I've bought for people? Oh, that's funny. Well, let me tell you this. Yeah. My and wife. And I still appreciate it. Thank you for well, that. Well, you're so welcome. And my wife said, when we got in the car, <clears throat> She said, I, I, I liked you from the start. And my wife said, I like him. I really like him. So she double sealed the mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. I said, okay, we're going to work with him, you know, because you knew everybody. Yeah. I mean, you was uh, real, real into the deal. Like you would have thought I was buying the Queen's Palace the way you, you was like there. You had great mortgage people. 
It was just a good realtor, and you didn't pay me to say this. <laughs> I was going to say, people are going to think this is fake. <laughs> no, this is real, man. Matt Ryan is one yeah. of the best that ever did. I mean, I turned I turned my mom on to you. Uh-huh. Yes, he did. So if I put some, if I put my mom in somebody's hand, that's very, yeah. very good. Well, it's very much appreciated. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just want to get back, to, I guess, I want to just re- revisit your childhood because I find it interesting that, like, you grew up in an environment now that when people think of West Baltimore, they right. think... It, they think it's scary, yeah. you know, um, and you're such a, you know, and it's it's just the area that, and I, I have a listing in that, ex, I just told you, two streets wow. over from where you grew up. Wow. And um, it's a beautiful little house. It's it's totally renovated. It's great. Wow. And, you know, it's just like, that wasn't the experience you had growing up. No, nah, mindset. Yeah, I must say that <clears throat> in my neighborhood, we had fun, but it wasn't like there were serious dreamers. It wasn't a lot of dreamers. Man was my nickname. Man, for some strange reason, was dreaming of being this person or something. They couldn't put it together. Uh, and I, I was, a, I, I remember reading books about thinking, grow rich, and the power of positive thinking, and I believed that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they thought they just thought I was a wild hippie. You know, I was born again hippie. Yeah. I, I really loved it. And back then, you know, uh, it was all about music and rock and roll. And right. and that was me. I was a hippie. You know, I, I, I'm i African-American was the first guy to bring a white guy in the house. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. And they like, oh, man, got a white guy in the house. <laughs> he was a bass player. Yeah. You know, he was Ray. Ray Pulaski. That's my man's yeah. name, you know. Yeah. And he was a bass player and a singer and you know, we would jam and wow, man, life, oh, life. So West Baltimore and James Carter had a very good relationship when it was West Baltimore. And, you know, but I think I outgrew West Baltimore. I outgrew West Baltimore from name. I outgrew West Baltimore from uh, uh, dreams you know, and aspirations, I just thought bigger. Now, you can get a government job or city job and really work forever, you know, it's all good, get a gold watch and retire, you know. Uh, But man, I just felt like I'm a drummer at that time and I just felt like I was good or gonna be good or get good later, you know. Mm And it worked. It worked for me because I I was hanging around the Civic Center back then. It's called called the Mariner now. The Civic First Center. Mariner? Yeah, that's what it is yeah. now. It was a, it was Baltimore Civic Center back then. I was hanging around backstage just to, you know, watch these people go back. It was so big yeah. to see the stars go in the door. And I saw this sign that said, stage door. And I said, wow, somebody down here is going to need a drummer one day. And one day, that's when I saw Teddy Pendergrass and Harold Melvin and them get out of the limousine and go in the back. And I walked in with them. They didn't stop you? They didn't stop. Actually, they met the, uh, the uh, what you call the guy that, uh, you know, like the usher. Okay. He had a red jacket on, and he said, let him in, move back, move back, let him in, let me, he said, let me in. He said, he'd been here, let me in. I'm like, I ain't never, I'm, well, yeah, okay. And uh-huh. I walked on in. Yeah. And I got in the dressing room and pulled my sticks out, drumsticks, and started playing on my drum pad. And... Uh, the the, the uh, manager, Henry Evans, he said, get that boy number. And I gave my, my mother's phone number. It was the same number that she had to the day she passed. 301-945-2790. Wow. 
and I gave them that number, and they called me, and that's how I got with them. That's crazy. Upbeat, upbeat. I believe that law of attraction is too late. I've been there. I've been attracted. (laughs) (laughs) I was attracted much earlier. Yeah, so it was fun, man. Baltimore is still still my place, man. I still love Baltimore. I mean, I know what to say I don't like about it, but I still love that this was a place that I grew up in. Well, Mike, I had someone sitting in your seat a week or two ago, Mm -hmm. uh, the last episode. His name is Dr. Jim. He ran um, the um, psych... I forgot the exact division, but he ran at Baltimore City and Baltimore Police. He is a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he got to, to go in and telling me about how Baltimore has become such a dangerous place. To me, like it was very interesting to hear his perspective, but I hear from you as a very, you're optimistic mm-hmm. about, you know, in other conversations with me about what it could be. Mm-hmm. And he was describing it's going to take leadership from within to have any opportunity for change. Mm-hmm. He said, some old white guy like me is never going to change anything in that city. Mm-hmm. What is your thinking on that? Having grown up there, it's like, do you, like, how do we, you know, like I'm there, I work there. I want, I want the best for Baltimore. Like how do, how does anything change? Like how do we? <clears throat> well, first of all, as far as homes are concerned, I want to talk about the neighborhood and homes. People will always need somewhere to stay. Whether they tear the door down or you have to keep building it, they're going to always need somewhere to stay. Uh, really making that area look like like North Charles Street, you know, it's going to be the individual desire mm-hmm. to want to live in their paradise, how to make their paradise where they live. If that particular person is not inspired and believe and have hope you know, and desires to see a better place. It, it could be a continuing repair, mm-hmm. but everyone will always want to live somewhere. So as a realtor, I would buy homes in Baltimore. I would sell homes in Baltimore as far as that's concerned. But that other assisted, uh, statement about it's going to take a real, what you say? Uh, he described it. This is his words. He said it's leadership from within. Yeah, yeah that, that right there. That's, that's uh, leaders. I, you know, it, it, between church and leaders, you know, it's 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 a heavy, it's a thin line, because something have to it has to be a profound personality change within the person. It has to be like what motivates me might be different from what motivates you. I'm inspired to see things bigger and better, and if I never get a home like Jay Z, I want my area to feel me feel just as good when I walk in my home Mm -hmm. as he feels when he walks in his home, you know, right. I feel great, you know, and I can, and I have enough heart to compliment someone else's home. You know what I mean? I'm, there's no jealousy. This is uh, a spiritual attitude, right? It's a spiritual attitude. And it's not, that's not a popular word these days. They they try to make a commercial word. Do you, you practice Buddhism? No, not really, but but Buddha's a real kind person. I have Buddha all over my home. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I remember seeing it. I was asking. I was like, I've never Buddha, asked you directly. Buddha's my man. He's, I mean, he's he, what what he represents was uh, real love, real understanding, and a certain kindness and a certain forgiveness. And so he could hang with me, mm-hmm. and I can hang with him. I'm not the kind of guy that you meet somebody. And he said, well, I'm into da-da-da-da-da. And I said, well, now I'm going to quit what I'm in and go join da-da-da-da-da. No, what I say is, hey, we can all walk together. You know, because spiritual principles are never in conflict with one another. 
you know, if you're really who you say you are, you wouldn't have no problem with me. Hmm. Yeah, so hmm. I love I love Buddha. Matter of fact, I have a, a 36, just a little tiny 36 bullfront gallon uh, aquarium. And my whole theme, Buddha's all in my water. Yeah. <laughs> Buddha's all in the water. So, you know, I just bought some new pieces, decorations, and uh, I'm going to change the theme a little bit. And I got to change the water tonight. <laughs> now, as I wanted to ask you, because this is the type of weird things I can ask you, uh, and you actually get an answer typically. Like, what are your thoughts on Kanye? Like, you follow music. Well, like, you if, know, what the, has he done? Well, and he what are reached, your thoughts? He reached a place. <laughs> look. You know, when you spoon feed a person, right? You give them a little tiny bit. And that's America. Mm-hmm. It gives us a little tiny bit. And and Kanye got a lot on his plate that America wasn't ready for. Yeah. And he's at the place where he can use one statement that I'm going to say. Freedom of speech. Yeah. <laughs> now, most people will feel like you can't say that because if you say that, you're going to get fired. He has so much money, he don't he don't care. You can't fire me. The way he see things and, and, and he have enough money to back the stuff that he said. I don't look half the stuff that he say. It don't mean I agree. It just means he's big and bold enough to say it. And what can I say? I, am I going to put a muzzle on his mouth and say, don't say that? I mean, you had people to say, like like Trump. Trump said whatever he wanted to say. <laughs> he, had enough, sure. he had enough money and enough popularity and enough whatever to say whatever he wanted to say. Now, Kanye is saying whatever he wanted to say, even wearing a Trump hat. Yeah. Say whatever you want to say. Now, we suppose who don't even have those type of balls, we suppose to say, uh, don't. Don't talk like that, Kanye. Kanye said, please, you wear my shoes. Yeah. I'm not wearing your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said like that. You're wearing my shoes. You're telling me to keep quiet and you're wearing my shoes. <laughs> yeah, I, it, yeah, it's a tough subject to get into, but it's. I knew you'd have an opinion on it because most people ask that question and be like, I don't know. I, it, it was a lot oh, of- Oh, man, please. Get out of here. Follow the script. Let's go here. Yeah. What kind of house do Kanye live in? Oh, yeah. Let's go there. Yeah. He lives in mansion on top of mansion and he don't only have one. Let's go here. He's also been broke. Yeah. A couple times recently. Trump been broke. Yeah. Well, well, kind of on paper. But that's what I'm saying. That's the same thing with Kanye. Every three months, every six months, royalties will come in and all that he lost, he's coming again. Yeah. When you have a record out every three months from BMI, ASCAP, or SESA, your money is going to roll in like it never left. But I guess he still sold records. Yeah. Now I just see on online, it just seems like every artist is complaining. Who did I just see? Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. She has the number one album or number one song again. Mm-hmm. It, you know, mm-hmm. all, those, all I want mm-hmm. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she says she gets a fraction of a penny. Well, this starts, <laughs> this is you talking a subject. This is the yeah. real stuff. You talking, to, all deals start at the table. And five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, when you learn information about the deal, you're going to say, well, I'm not getting that kind of money because your deal started at the table. Kanye and them started at a place where he was selling small, uh, you know, records out of the trunk. And then later on, when he was making deals, he was making deals so big, he was getting the big part of, of the right. dollar. Right. 
So that's, you know, you look at what they're doing. They got cars that you people can't even spell. Yeah. Name, <laughs> yeah. the name. Tesla is easy yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. But some of them cars that they be driving and riding. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Please. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I I feel for the artist, but, you know, I, I don't know many artists. So it's I just figured you might have a say because I know you're still involved with the young guys, right? Like I just you were on a trip. Was it last year, this year? You went to California? Or am I getting this mixed up? Uh, and you remember. were trying to pitch one of your old records that oh, you had, and yeah, you were going to well, sample well, it. Yeah, well, well, actually, Simon Cowell has a group called Little Mix, and some kind of way, I don't have to think about how it even happened, man. They wanted to use a part of my song, and I really didn't have to. It was more like a trying to negotiate, talking about the deal. And, you know, they sitting there talking about they want to give me this little bit and this little bit. I said, you got to be out of your mind. So they, I'm going to say it nice. They said. Uh, well, tell, tell it to me how it was. Okay. The way it was, he was trying to get me to take a small piece of the pie. Sure. And I said, man, you know, if this was on any other day, because I like you, but if it was on any other day, I would tell you to go screw yourself. Okay. But I said something else. Uh -huh. I said, I would tell you to go screw yourself. And if you want to do it this way, we can do it. If you want to do it like you, it's no deal. But they had already cut the record. <laughs> Missy Elliott was on the song. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, they eventually came out. And uh, I'm with a publishing company in England. Did they pay you or no? Yeah, or is it still in? Yeah, no. Pay, pay, pay. Nice. Yeah, uh, Missy Elliott was on that song, and I have a, I'm with a publishing company in England, and uh, there's no no good ones in the U.S. Well, it's a foreign royalty. Oh, because okay. Simon Cowell's group is from over no, there, gotcha. London, right? Yeah, I, I guess it's they're from London. I don't I think know so. Where. England over there? They're from somewhere, but anyway, all of the the licensing they do the licensing over there, right? And uh, they accumulate all that, and they pay you every six months. Yeah. And trust me, I, in my age and stage of life, I am still upbeat. I still feel like uh, I'm going to get a song on somebody, and it's going to be big. Right. Maybe when Charlie comes to see me tomorrow, when I sing Charlie, <laughs> uh -huh. they say, Dad, I like that. I think I want to do that. Well, I, they both boys asked for a guitar. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old boy. They wow. both wanted guitars. Wow. And my little one says, I want three-year-old guitar. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I got him a guitar. She, she wanted a ukulele. <laughs> that's what we gave him. They sell oh, really? them online. So we got him these little guitars, and wow. I don't know how to string it. I, I mean, I did. Oh, I figured it oh, out. But oh. it, I, Lord knows if I tuned it right. It's a mess. Oh, my and I, I have no ability oh, to sing. I can't wow. hear. I've done. Oh. I've taken lessons with piano. Oh. It's. I think you either have something or you don't. Well, you're doing a good job with uh, facilitating this podcast, I'll tell you that. Well, doing I mean, this to me is just talking. I talk for a living. Yeah. And I yeah. like running my mouth. So yeah, well, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. I, what I don't know how to do is anything musical. And I wish I could sing. Oh, my God. I look at you up there when you're in front of a guitar and I'm like, that's superpowers. Well, it, it, trust me, it's big. When you think about Ed Sheeran and uh, John Mayer. Oh, uh -huh. my God. They love. And, you know, you know, cute kids, man. People love cute kids with a guitar. Sure. Show. What's my girl Taylor Swift? Oh my lord! Please, yeah. I would go see her just to say, hey, look how beautiful she is. You know, 
So that goes Talk about somebody that's doing all right financially. I think she's okay. She's one of the few that that just doing fine. Deal went down right. That's the bottom. You look, you're a negotiator. You're a negotiator. And you know about points. You know about percentages. You but know about- My assumption though, it has a lot to do with leverage. In real estate, it's who has the leverage. What type of market is it? Can I average? So if it's a seller's market, buyer's market in real estate, it, it does affect my leverage. Wow. And so I can't sit there and flex on you when you have 17 offers and I'm one of the buyers uh, represented. Mm. I can't really flex too hard. So well, I think of it differently in those times. I need, I want to win if that, like, so I, I think of it differently. Wow. I'm going to get you that house, even if there's 17 wow, offers. I saw that. And I'm going to win. You see how it is. <laughs> and I did it for you. That was back when it was hot, man. We competed. I saw that. That was funny. Yeah. But it's something like but it's the different. same. It's something, it's almost the same thing in a different way. When you get someone that walks through the door, she's pretty. And I'm saying it because it's the business. She's pretty and she had beautiful eyes and she can sing. And, but mostly she can write. She can write her own song. It's a 360 deal. They're going to get her in Revlon. They're going to get her in makeup. They're going to get her to write a song for someone else. They're going to get her to go on tour and they get a percentage of all of that. Right. Now that's different from a guy or girl walking in the room saying, you know, I'm a good singer. I got a great body, but I don't write. Right. That I mean, that's good. You know, hey, you know she's going to get on the shelf but they're going to go for the person that they can get more out of. Isn't it Sia? Is that the name? Uh, Phenomenal. Just fantastic. Phenomenal. She was always behind the scenes. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I listened to one of her interviews and her sing. I'm like, that's the, that makes Phenomenal. sense. Phenomenal. And some of the youngsters, I'm like, yeah. what? I don't, it's past the English class. Yeah. It's it's like Eminem. He's past English. I mean, some of the stuff that he be, he be saying, I'm like, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, which way to Mars? <laughs> Because they're so great. Yeah. They come up with stuff that's just outstanding. They make me go back to the drawing board. When I'm writing, I'm doing this song now called Miracle. And I'll do it. I'm like, I ah, need some more. I need something else. I got to say more. You know, and I listen to somebody else's song and I'm like, ah, need a change. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, very, very good, good, good uh, for formats very good formats mm -hmm. well i'm going to get you in touch with clients that I've, i'm thinking of in my head that are that want to do it and i'm just funny i'm in a studio right now that i know he has done recording oh. i mean we're staring at beautiful guitars yeah he's got it hooked up in here it just makes me wish i was capable of doing anything with it beautiful <laughs> yeah man you got to get me hooked up uh uh and he may even know some of the publishers or some of the people with some 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 i don't know big bands it might be like, whoa, who is this song? Yeah. Well, don't worry, we can get this song to you. Because it's you You can't buy in. When somebody say it's over, you got to think, saved by the bell. I threw in the towel and God threw it back. Mm. Said, saved by the bell. I got a story to tell. You, it, it goes on and on and on. You can't just give up. You say, oh, man, you 60. Why are you doing this? Uh, brother, you still breathing. Why are you living? That's my theory. Just keep going to the day you leave here. Well, I think what I when I talk to you, I always am reminded of passion. And mm. so some of the compliments I've received that I that mean the most to me, it's usually related to, man, you are into it. Like you love your mm. job. You mm -hmm. are all over it. And That's it's it. like you can't fake that. And I think what you do, it's like you're just a, a passionate guy. You love music. You're just passionate about life. 
And it's just like, I would have loved to have seen you back in the day, you know, when you were touring and it was like the heyday. Like, was that a different James than the James I see now? Or was that the James that was having too much fun going crazy, not appreciating life? That was James. The unevolved James. That was the young James that was doing all of the things that, you know, he learned not to do today. (laughs) But in deep down inside of that person was still a heart that lives today. You say that's the same heart, no matter what. I could feel the same love. I mean, the same love, the same heart. I could, I I mean, I would go to studios in New York and they would say, that's James, let him in. Luther Vandross and them. The only Jimmy Carter I know is James Carter because the only other one is the president. So let him in. That's, that's Bruce friend. Let him in. Outstanding. You know, and matter of fact, I mentioned Bruce. I said something. You got to meet this guy named Bruce Wallace. This guy was from New York. You talking about Baltimore. He knows New York like in side out. He was the first cast on Sesame Street. Mm. You know, Sesame, you remember Sesame Street? Oh yeah, it's still going. The first Sesame Street was black. I didn't know that. It was Luther Vandross, Bruce Wallace, and Fonzie uh, Thornton. No, no. Fonzie. Yeah, I think his last name is Thornton. Anyway, Fonzie, you just say Fonzie. Yeah. Uh, Sesame Street, you'll see. And Bruce is still living to this day. He got to be 71 or whatever. I don't call his age, but whatever. Brilliant guy about making it. Brilliant guy about, I mean, he sent people with David Bowie, Lisa Fisher with the Rolling Stones. Right. And he's still living. Calls me all the time. Matter of fact, called me while I was on my way up here. Yeah. The only time I could tell him, hey, I got to go is when I'm dealing with a house or Matt or something like that. So <laughs> I told him, hey, man, but you got to meet him. You yeah, got to well, get I'm him good. on. You got to get him on this. Yeah. This would be good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm proud that you're still up and kicking. I heard you were down and out. I was getting nervous. So I'm like, no, nothing can happen to this guy. He's going to live forever. He's going to live me. <laughs> yeah, I live everybody. Hey, man, but I'm doing great, man. I'm thankful. Very thankful, man. That's why my new song is called Miracle, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's phenomenal. Well, I hope people, because you can be found, right? Uh, so I oh, yeah. you just Google James Carter. Your info will be in there. I think anybody who's well, go to, to be YouTube and say K-A-R-T-E-R-A J-A-Y-M-E-S and start looking at some of those songs. Simple Life, uh, Love is No Fairy Tale, uh, Time Wasn't On My Side, Don't Wake Me. Yeah, yeah. you see all, that's a lot of my work, my new work. It's incredible. Well, you're right here in Baltimore and so it's, I think, interesting to talk to somebody that knows Baltimore, chose to stay here, yeah. you know, has, has had a taste of fame and Platinum Records and all the things. I mean, you lived a life I can't imagine. You had your fun. I know that to be true. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do a different podcast about those times because I bet you that's the podcast people are really going to oh, want to hear. Oh, that was fun. Very, very fun. <laughs> My God. And still living, man. You know, yeah. just a little cleaner. That's all. It's yeah. a little cleaner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate you joining me and and, uh, and thanks for being here. Oh, wonderful, man. I, I have to applaud because I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed hanging out with you, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Baltimore, and thanks to all the listeners. All right. Thank you.